Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're live on a Monday. Welcome to the Standing Room Spartans podcast with your host, Kevin Parker, coming with a fun episode for you today. If it's your first time, welcome in. If it's not, welcome back. Make sure you tell your Spartan friends and family. Make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. Throw me a review. I really appreciate it. Uh, When you do give me a review on the Apple podcast, make sure that you write in a question. You can ask me about Michigan State football, the Big Ten. You can ask me about my favorite cocktails. I don't care. I will answer any of your questions. As I said in the last episode, our mailbag episode, I want to kind of keep this thing rolling. We'll go through one or two questions just about every episode if we have time. So we'll start it off with your question maybe, and I want to make sure we get you guys involved here. So, uh, of course, uh, send me those questions on the Apple Podcast Review or send them to me on Twitter at StandingRoomMSU. Uh, of course, give me a follow there. We got some good content. We're coming out with a lot of stuff over the off season here. Um, We're going to get to our superlatives in the next month or so here. So make sure you follow. We'll go through the polls. You guys can get your voice out here for the superlatives. I got a whole list of like 20 of them to go through. So really excited to get to that later in this offseason. But today, we're going to talk about a couple things here. First, starting with uh, Tom Fernelli of CBS. He comes out with his strength of schedule uh, every single offseason. We'll talk about that. And then uh, a fun fun part of the episode here, probably the majority of the episode, I went through and made a lineup of MSU football players uh, or of an MSU football team based on MSU basketball players from the Tom Izzo era. So I went through basically, you know, guys that we can all relate to generally, guys that we'll all remember. I uh, went through the the lineups and, and I created an entire 22 man starting lineup of basketball players. So that's a lot of fun. We'll get to that. Uh, but again, first, I want to touch on this article, the the strength of schedule by Tom Fernelli. And the way he does this uh, and the why the reason it stood out was Michigan State had the toughest schedule in the Big Ten and one of the toughest in America. Um, So to give you a little bit of context here, he does his strength of schedule a little bit different than some folks. 
Uh, a lot of them are doing it more in terms of kind of a prediction where they think these teams are going to end up and, you know, how is that going to affect things? So, for example, if if somebody is playing against Michigan State and they're predicting Michigan State to not be a very good team, that's not really going to count very heavily towards their strength of schedule. Uh, but the way Tom does it, he's got uh, a few factors that he basically puts into a formula and it'll spit out a number for him. So you could say it's a little bit of analytics based, but uh, basically he does uh, three factors in terms of the rankings by these teams. So he does your your performance from last year, your performance from the last three years combined, and your performance from the last five years combined. Um, so you're getting a little bit more than just last season, right? Uh, the the theory there is that history tends to repeat itself, especially in college football. And you have certain teams that, you know, if, if they're good for the last five, 10 years, generally they're probably going to be pretty good again next year. So um, it kind of takes a couple of those intervals last year, the last three years, the last five years, puts in a little bit of a factor with home and road, uh, factor for if you're going a long stretch without a bye week, if you're playing seven, eight, nine straight games, you know, if you're playing on a Thursday night. So it kind of factors in a few things into this equation. Um, and then he compares that number that comes out with the national average. So Michigan State, again, with the toughest schedule in the Big Ten. And when you go through it, uh, you know, based on that kind of formula, it makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, you run through the schedule from top to bottom. Northwestern, at BYU Week 2, Toledo, Miami. And then you get this tough stretch with at Iowa, Michigan, Ohio State, at Indiana, Minnesota before the bye week. Get a bye week in there and then Penn's, at Penn State, Rutgers, and at Maryland. So the the reasons, and he kind of mentioned that it gives us the toughest schedule in the conference, there's no gimmies there. I mean, Michigan State, or Michigan, excuse me, was number three in the conference, and they get Washington in the non-conference, so you'd think, man, that's a tough schedule. Uh, but they also have Ball State and Arkansas State, which, which of course will bring that number down by quite a bit. Penn State's on there, uh, but you know they get Virginia Tech on the road. That's uh, a tough non-conference game. They also play Kent State and San Jose State, two teams that you're guaranteed to win. Um, Ohio State, they, they go at Oregon. Man, that's a tough schedule. But they also play Bowling Green and Buffalo. And another thing that factors in here that he mentions is they don't have the opportunity to play themselves. So of course, having Ohio State on your schedule for anybody else is going to make that tougher. Ohio State can't play themselves, unfortunately, for their strength of schedule. So um, it's going to bump their their number down a little bit just with without that opportunity to play one of the best teams in America any given year. Um, and and the just just to throw it out here, like the last team, the the easiest schedule in the conference, I guess, Illinois. Uh, they don't play Michigan, they don't play Penn State, and their non-conference slate of Illinois State, UConn, and Bowling Green. So, man, if I, I actually didn't go through and, and check their over-under in Vegas, but uh, that, that might be a nice bet there. Put, put the over on whatever wins they say, because, man, that is an easy schedule for, for Illinois. Um, but going back to Michigan State, of course, uh, the biggest reason, again, we kind of touched on it there, there's no gimme wins, right? Toledo, 
would probably be the the most eye-popping one on there that's not Rutgers. Uh, but they're one of the best teams in the MAC every year. So you're at least playing a good MAC team. You got BYU on the road. That's that's a tough game. BYU is competitive every year, and especially having to go out to the West Coast or West, not West Coast, but the Western side of the country, um, and play up in the mountains there. BYU. That's a tough game. Obviously, Miami hasn't been great. They haven't been the U that we've kind of grown to know them in our childhood, but that, that's still a tough, tough non-conference game. So you play basically every everybody on the schedule except for Rutgers is a good team, and, and you get Maryland, but they're on the road. So, I mean, it, there's no gimmies in this schedule outside of what should be Rutgers um, at the end of the year. But, Man, you play every good Big Big Ten team except for Wisconsin's not on the schedule, but you get Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, Indiana, Minnesota, Penn State. Uh, It's it's just a a really tough schedule. And again, you go back to that stretch from at Iowa, Michigan, Ohio State, at Indiana, and Minnesota for a five-game stretch. And if you want to include Miami out there the week before Iowa, so... Six game stretch that's super tough. And Miami, you know, they again, they haven't been great the last few years, but they get a transfer quarterback in Derek King, who was last season he started at Houston at 50 touchdowns, arguably have the best defensive line in the country. They got Greg Rousseau, who led the ACC in sacks last year. And they bring in a transfer from Temple, Quincy Roche, who was the AAC defensive player of the year. So that's two pass rushers that are going to cause a lot of problems this year. Um, but it's it's a tough schedule, and uh, this definitely shows that because, again, there is no gimmies. So when you're looking at it, I talked with Scott the other day here about, uh, you know, how we kind of our outlook for the 2020 season. And we, we mentioned that kind of groupthink has gotten into man, it's a tough schedule. There's a lot of young players, new head coach, new system especially now with no spring practice, like, man, we'd be lucky to win four games this year, but it is a tough schedule. There's not many gimmies on there. You know, if, if you call Rutgers at Maryland, the last two games of the year, you probably throw Toledo in there again. It's, it's still a Mac team. Um, and, and maybe Northwestern at home week one. But, I mean, those are the only games you see on there that are like, okay, we probably should win that game. The rest of them, we're probably not going to be favored in any of them. Um, so it's it's a really tough schedule. Tom Fernelli, uh, CBS, did a good job of kind of outlining why. But, again, it really just goes back to the fact that there's no gimmies on this schedule, and it's going to be tough. So, um, we'll continue to dip into the schedule a little bit as the offseason goes on here. Uh, but again, I want to make sure we get to this, spend quite a bit of time on it. Again, we made a football lineup, all 22 starters, offense and defense, from Tom Izzo basketball players. I want to do Tom Izzo just so that you know it's all guys that we can relate to, that we kind of remember seeing on the court kind of what their attitude was and and where they would fit in onto a football team. And Tom Izzo obviously running a super physical basketball program. I think a lot of these guys would really do well. Uh, one note here, I did leave off Matt Trannon and Deion Sims because they were primarily football players who also played basketball for Tom Izzo. So 
I left them off the list because those would be a little bit too easy. Wanted to challenge myself a little bit here and get all guys who strictly played basketball. So, um, again, you you have the Tom Izzo physical brand of basketball. I think some of these guys would do pretty well here. So let's jump into our starting 22 players, all offense and defense, 22 basketball player lineup for Michigan State football. So we'll start with the offense, move on to the defense, and obviously we're going to start at quarterback here, and I think this is the easiest pick that we make, and that's Mateen Cleaves at quarterback, the, the best leader that we've had at, under Tom Izzo at point guard. He sees the field very well, obviously um, athletic, so you can you could get him on some scramble plays and stuff like that. So Mateen Cleaves, obvious pick for the quarterback, the leader, you know, the guy who can really see the field, make plays with both his arm and his legs. We know he can pass the ball. He was the Big Ten leader in assists until Cassius Winston came around. But Cassius Winston, I I think the slight frame um, is going to limit him a little bit in this conversation. So I went with Mateen Cleaves as my quarterback here. Uh, My wide receivers that he's going to be throwing to, and this is where it's scary, man. So on the outside, I got Shannon Brown, guy with a 40 plus inch vertical. I think it was damn near the record of vertical uh, vertical at the NBA combine. It was like 44 inches, something like that. So you get that type of athleticism on the outside. The other outside receiver, I'm going to go with Jason Richardson, obviously, Uh, you know, another guy who can jump out of the building. So Shannon Brown, Jason Richardson, both of those guys, I mean, Shannon Brown, 6'4", Jason Richardson, 6'6", and both of them with a 40-plus inch vertical. I mean, good luck. When you get to the red zone, man, you, you can just toss it up to those two. They can go get it anywhere. And, and obviously, the athleticism, I think, to to run a clean route, especially with Shannon Brown, Jason Richardson, you know, he's got that big frame. I don't know how quick the feet are to, to snap off a, a curl route or something like that, but... Shannon Brown, Jason Richardson on the outside with Gary Harris as my slot receiver at 6'4", 2'10". He's a big slot for sure, uh, but I I think he would be awesome there in the slot. He's got great feet, uh, a guy who can slide around, make plays underneath. He's, He's a fast player who can, you know, again, another guy who can jump out of the building. Speaking of guys who can jump out of the building, at tight end, give me 6'7", 230-pound Miles Bridges. Are you kidding me? I mean, he's got the size, 230 pounds, 6'7". He almost is, you know, if you put on another 10, 15 pounds, that's an NFL tight end build right there. Plus the leaping ability and just, just natural athleticism. Again, you get into the red zone with Mateen Cleaves throwing it around to Shannon Brown, Jason Richardson, Miles Bridges, and Gary Harris. Nobody's stopping that. I nobody in college football. Who's who's stopping that? Come on. So we got uh, just a ridiculously athletic pass catching group with Mateen Cleaves, the field vision. That passing game is is absolutely unstoppable. No nobody in the Big Ten, nobody in the country. I don't care if it's Alabama, Clemson, nobody can stop that. And at running back, we got a we got a two headed monster here. Give me Corey Lucius and Rocket Watts. Uh, Corey Lucius, 
comes in at uh he was 511 170 so he's going to be my kind of scat back right he was a quick first step explosive player he could fly around the court so i think he could be a scat back and a third down get him on a swing pass get him out in space i think he could make some plays Rocket Watts a little bigger, 6'2", 185. I think if we filled that frame out a little bit, got him up to like 6'2", 210, uh, I think he could make some noise at running back as more of an every down threat. You know, we've seen the way he comes downhill on the court and, and getting to the rim. He loves doing that. So, you know, I think he could make a lot of plays at running back being, you know, a three down guy. I think Rocket Watts would be our first and second down at least. And then we can bring in Corey Lucius on third down. And then again, you have that passing attack. Shannon Brown, Jason Richardson on the outside, Gary Harris in the slot, Miles Bridges at tight end, and Corey Lucius coming out of the backfield. Who's stopping that? Nobody. Nobody. Uh, the offensive line, uh, we had to get a little bit interesting here, right? Now, not too many real big fellows. Of course, we got the, the height. But when you go through the weight, there's not a whole lot of guys on here that – um, have the weight to really stand up. We we got a couple that we'll talk about, uh, but we have to fill in an offensive and a defensive line. Remember, so um, at left tackle, give me my dude Tom Herzog, seven feet, two hundred fifty pounds, the best inbound defender specialist uh, in the conference. Uh, you know, Tom Izzo used to bring him in just to defend the inbound late in games. You get a timeout, you bring him in there. Use let him use his, his big ass hands and 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 try to disrupt the inbound passer, uh, but give me him at left tackle. Nobody's getting around that seven feet, the long arms. You know, once he gets his hands on you, I think it's going to take a while to get around him. And at the other tackle spot, at right tackle, give me Jaron Jackson Jr. Again, 6'11", 242, another big guy. You know, we want to fill out the frames of these guys a little bit, get him up to you know two eighty, two ninety, ideally. Um, but I think they could they could hold their own. Jaron Jackson, he was a walking foul at Michigan State, so we're going to have to keep him away from the holding penalties in the football ranks. But I think Tom Herzog and Jaron Jackson Jr. would be pretty clear bets for my bookend tackles. Uh, obviously, probably more relying in, on pass protection than the run blocking with those two. But that's why we got the guys up the middle in the interior. So at left guard, Give me Nick Ward, 6'9", 245 pounds. I think we could fill out that frame a little bit more. Our right guard, give me the big fella, Derek Nix, who was 6'9", 270, but I think he came in somewhere around 6'9", 300. So let's get back to that freshman weight, Derek, uh, before you started losing weight every offseason. Um, and give me freshman year, Derek Nix, at right guard. And at center, you need a guy who's not only big and physical, um, but a guy who can see the field and and make sure he can spot the blitzing linebacker, call out the mic, and, and really communicate with the rest of the offensive line. So give me Draymond Green at center. He's coming in at about 6'7", 230. But again, when you look at him when he came into school, probably more like 6'7", 250. So give me freshman year, again, build. Draymond Green and that gives us an offensive line going left to right at life left tackle Tom Herzog our, our pass blocking guy he's, he's going to protect the blind side here Nick Ward at left guard 
you know, just an angry dude. He can, he can maul inside a little bit. Draymond Green, another big angry guy who could, who definitely has a mean streak in him. Uh, I think you could put some people on his ass who, who did play tight end. If you remember in a spring game a while back, but I, I think he's best suited at center, especially with miles bridges filling that tight end spot. So give me Draymond green with, with his just intelligence, his ability to see the field um, and his physicality in the middle at center. And give me the big fella, Derek Nix at right guard, where, you know, he's got, again, another guy with a bit of a mean streak. He's got the size for sure, you know, of any of the dudes on this roster. I think he's the best fit for uh, an interior offensive line spot, especially if we can get him back to that freshman weight. Um, and then at right tackle, Jaron Jackson Jr., just got to stop, get him away from those holding penalties. But I, I think he could make a great right tackle, a little more powerful. You know, we, we can get him in there and and move some people around. And again, pass protection, you know, good luck getting around Jaron Jackson Jr. So that's going to be the offense. Cor- Mateen Cleaves, Corey Lucius, Rocket Watts at running back, uh, Jerry, Jason Richardson, Shannon Brown, Gary Harris at wide receiver, Miles Bridges at tight end. Tom Herzog, Nick Ward, Draymond Green, Derek Nix, and Jaron Jackson Jr. filling out that offensive line. And now we will move to the defensive side of the ball. And obviously, defense is going to be, you know, the Tom Izzo specialty. Um, so you got a lot of guys on here who I think could be, they have the attitude, they they definitely have the physicality. You got a few guys on here who I genuinely, I don't know if they ever played football, uh, but I, I really think would make outstanding college football players. And we'll talk about a couple of them. But, man, you go through this list of so many, you know, defensive stoppers, so many guys who I think, you know, given if just a different childhood, if they chose to play football instead of basketball, that I really think could be outstanding uh, football players and possibly next level football players. So, We'll get into it here. We'll start with the the scheme. So I'm I'm going to run a three four defense here because I don't know if I have, you know, enough of the really big big fellas on the on the outside or in the middle. Excuse me. Um, so I I have a couple guys that I know I can play on the outside as a stand up outside linebacker, and I know I got three guys I'm comfortable putting on the D line. So, um, the middle linebackers were were a tough one to fill out, but. So we're running a 3-4 defense. We got three down linemen. We got the two rush outside linebackers. We got our two middle linebackers, two corners, and two safeties. So um, we'll start with the D-line. Uh, my my left side defensive end, I'm going with Edong Ebok, 6'11", 260. Again, if we can fill that frame out a little bit more, uh, man, good, good luck. You know, he's going to get in there. He's going to get his hands up. And he's going to cause a lot of problems in the middle. He was a great defender for Tom Izzo, physical dude. Um, I, I think he could make some noise on the defensive line. My nose tackle, give me Zebo, Zach Randolph. You know, when we talk about a mean streak and a dude with the physicality required to play college football, especially on that defensive line, I think Zebo could really make some noise. And again, you know, if we get that weight up a little bit, he's 6'9, 250. If we push that up to 6'9", 280, 290, man, he could really cause some problems in the middle of a defense. And on the right side, give me my my guy, Paul Davis, 6'5", 
270 on the other side. We don't even have to worry about that frame. Just get him in there and get him just causing havoc. So you got a three-man defensive line that comes in, you know, 6'11", 6'9", and 6'11". Now, they're going to get in there. They're going to get their hands up. They're, they're going to make plays in the passing game. And I think, you know, they got the attitude. They got a little bit of a mean streak to them. I think they could hold their own in run defense as well. So my three-man defensive line, Edong Ebok, Zach Randolph playing the nose tackle, Zebo, and Paul Davis on the other defensive end spot in my 3-4 defense. So we'll move to the next level, my linebackers. And one of my favorite picks here at, at outside linebacker, getting after the quarterback, Gavin Schilling, 6'9", 240. Um, he had the broadest shoulders I think I've ever seen in college basketball. So you get a guy like that who can really fill out that frame a little bit more. He's got plenty of room. You know, if we, we get him up to 6'9", 255, I think he he would still have – that dude was a raw athlete, man. He could he could jump. He could run with anybody. And so you put him on that rush end, get him after the quarterback, I think he could really make some noise coming off the edge there. Physical dude, unbelievable athleticism, and, and just a, a build of a football player, man. Those big, broad shoulders – I think you could put some weight on him and and he really could get after the quarterback and a guy that, you know, again, he had a, similar to Jaron Jackson Jr. We're going to have to keep him away from the whistle. Plenty of fouls in his college career, but um, he's on the defensive side, so he doesn't have to worry about that as much. Just tell him to, you know, get mean, get nasty, get after that quarterback by all means necessary. Uh, my other rush end is going to be Raymar Morgan. He's coming in at 6'8", 230, but you know, he's going to be my finesse guy coming off the edge. Gavin Schilling, I want you to just come in there and blow up a play. Raymar Morgan, he's he's going to come in with a little more finesse. I think he's going to work on his pass rushing moves. You know, he's just a really sound fundamental basketball player. You know, a guy you could count on for a bucket, guy you could count on for a rebound. He could handle the ball a little bit. So, you know, I think he would be a guy similar to like a Kenny Willekes who's just going to kill you with technique and fundamentals and heart. So, you know, give me Raymar Morgan on the other side rushing the passer. And you give me that that pass rushing duo of of uh, Gavin Schilling and Raymar Morgan, they're going to cause a lot of problems for for some quarterbacks in college football. Now, my middle linebackers and this was tough. I went back and forth and back and forth I ended up circling two guys. Uh, number one is Xavier Tillman, XT68, 245 in there. Um, I, I think he could really, he's a smart player. I think he could get everybody in the right positions. And, and I think he's got the mentality to play linebacker. He's a tough dude. You know, I think he could fill in that spot. And on the other side, a, a guy who I think, you know, he's he's going to be flying around making plays at the linebacker position. But Aaron Henry, I, I think he's got a little bit of frame to fill out to play a middle linebacker. But 6'6", 210, if we get that to even 225, I think that's okay. But he's going to be my guy. I can count on him to cover a tight end, to cover a running back out of the backfield. You know, and I think he's physical enough to make some plays in the running game as well. So my middle linebackers, I'm going with Xavier Tillman. And Aaron Henry, two smart players, two guys who have a good command of uh, you know leadership roles and stuff like that. So 
My linebacking core, I got Gavin Schilling and Raymar Morgan rushing the passer, and I got Xavier Tillman and Aaron Henry in at the middle linebacker spots. Now the secondary, I I truly believe, um, especially with three out of these four guys, that they could be bona fide studs in college football if they had just chosen a different sport. I really, really believe that. And we'll start with one of them that I I genuinely, to my heart, believe that Tum Tum Nairn could be an NFL cornerback. I, I really, really believe that. He had the quickest feet I think I've ever seen at a basketball player. Tough defender. He would stick his nose in there. You know, when, when he was on offense, even he was driving to the bucket, taking fouls at 5'10, 170. We get that up to like 175, 180, and that's a perfect build for an NFL corner. Uh, man, I, I think he could mirror and match with any any receiver out there. And I think Tum Tum would be an incredible corner at the college football level. And the opposite him, I'm going with Keith Appling. Keith. 6'1", 185, I think, again, quick feet, tough dude from Detroit. I think he could really make some plays. Um, he, he could go up there with any receivers, uh, go up there for jump balls, contested catches, and he could make plays on, on all ends. He's physical in the running game. I really do believe that that corner combo of Tum Tum and Keith Appling could be uh, a college football uh, one and two corner. I, I really do believe that they both have the build. They both have the athleticism. They both have the quick feet. I, they both have the physicality. I, I really do believe that that could be an awesome corner duo. Um, Tum Tum, obviously coming from the Bahamas, you know, if, if he just happened to play football instead of basketball, which probably not realistic down there in the Bahamas, but uh, man, I, I really think he could be a playmaker. Um, at the corner spot. And my two safeties, another guy I truly believe could have been an awesome defender in football is uh, my my free safety position. Uh, did I put free safety or something? Yes, my free safety position. I'm going with Travis Walton. Travis Walton, I think, was an easy pick here at free safety. And again, another guy I really think could could make some noise uh, on the defensive side. It's 6'2", 190. Um, really good size for for a safety. He's got that, you know, he was an excellent defender. I think he was a Big Ten defensive player of the year under Tom Izzo. But, you know, obviously, so we're going to put him on the defensive side of the ball. But he's got the athleticism. He's got the necessary attitude. Um, and he's, he's just an intelligent player. Again, you look at those safeties. They're really important. They, they got to be smart. So give me Travis Walton at the free safety. And at the strong safety, a guy with maybe a little bit more size, Chris Allen, 6'3", 205. I think he could come downhill, make some plays in the running game. Obviously, the athleticism to go up and get it with anybody if if they're coming on a trying to get him on a contested catch. But, you know, he could cover tight ends with no problem. He could cover slot receivers. Um, so that defensive backfield, man, Tum Tum Nairn, Keith Appling, Travis Walton, and Chris Allen, find a weak spot. You can't. Plus, you got Edong Ebok, Zebo, Paul Davis all getting their hands up. I mean, nobody's throwing against these guys. Maybe my offense could, but uh, man, this this was a lot of fun kind of going through it. Again, just to run through the lineup on offense, you got quarterback Mateen Cleaves throwing to his wide receivers, Jason Richardson, Shannon Brown, and Gary Harrison, the slot. 
my running backs, Corey Lucius and Rocket Watts, my tight end, Miles Bridges. From left tackle, we got Tom Herzog, left guard, Nick Ward, center, Draymond Green, right guard, Derek Nix, right tackle, Jaron Jackson Jr. On defense, we're running the 3-4. My three defensive linemen, I got Edong Ebok at, at left end. I got Zebo, Zach Randolph at nose tackle, and I got Paul Davis on the other end spot. Outside linebackers rushing the passer, we got Gavin Schilling and Raymar Morgan. Middle linebackers, Xavier Tillman and Aaron Henry. And my defensive backfield at corner, Tum Tum Nairn and Keith Appling at safety, Travis Walton and Chris Allen. So a lot of fun to go through that with me. Uh, let me know who I left off this list, who should change positions. If there's anybody you disagree with or anybody that you thought was a great pick, let me know on Twitter at Standing Room MSU, at Standing Room MSU. Let me know your picks for the best basketball players to be on the football field. So a lot of fun to go through that and take a minute to kind of just relive some of these basketball players and see how they would fit onto a football team. But again, follow on Twitter at Standing Room MSU. Ask me questions for the mailbag. Leave me a review on Apple Podcast. Ask questions for the mailbag on there. Really appreciate the support. Tell your friends and family all that jazz. You guys have yourselves a wonderful Monday. Thank you so much from your host, Kevin Parker, in the Standing Room Spartans podcast.